Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome everybody to a second consecutive wonderful but painful but confusing uh, Victory Thursday pod here. I'm Schwinn, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Prez, that is at underscore Presidente on Twitter. Prez, how's your heart feeling? This is so stupid, man. Like, I felt like we should have the fucking Looney Tunes music on during the... (laughs) During the end of that whole game, Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was um, it was special. It was, it was a basketball game. I will say that, uh, and we're going to talk a lot about the basketball. But before we do that, I have to make a few announcements. The first being that the Strickland has an Instagram. Please give us a follow. That's at the Strick.land on Instagram. We are posting all kinds of new content on there. You can give us a follow. That'd be a big help. Like the posts, all that good stuff. All the things that the kids do on Instagram. Um, I don't actually have any fucking idea how to use it. So, uh, but if you do, please subscribe and follow us. More importantly, the Strickland has a YouTube channel where you may or may not be watching this podcast. But if you are watching it on YouTube, please do us a favor. Hit like and then subscribe to the channel. If you're not already subscribed, it would be a major help for us to get to a thousand subscribe su- subscribers finally the Strickland has patreon which you can subscribe subscribe to there's a number of different tiers there's a six dollar tier that gets you access to pod Strickland this pod that I host every Friday along with Prez you also get access to Strickland or sorry not Strickland wow jump in the gun there you also get access <laughs> to the Strickland mailbag that comes out every other week that is hosted by Andrew Steele aka Doug aka the Doug bag alongside Dallas Amico. You also got access to the Strickland Discord, where the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier. That will get you access to Strickland All My Solo Pod, where I rant and rave about the Knicks even more. You also get access to wonderful weekly articles by Matthew Miranda, one of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's the $50 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and $100 tier. Those come with a variety of additional benefits, like listening in on pod recordings, merchandise discounts, and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not. None of this would be possible without you. So without further ado, uh, the Knicks won. It, look, let's, let's, before we get into the sheer insanity, stupidity, whatever the hell that was, craziness of that game, it needs to be said that the Knicks... Um, they're down two starters. They played a Heat team that I think is basically. I think that was their full full squad. Basically, they've been uh, uh they've been they've been hooping. Yeah, they they had they won they had won nine of eleven coming in. They had just won a real, you know, throwback nineties uh, era slugfest against Cleveland. I was before. I was DMing Benji. You want to know what the Heat's game plan on offense every night is, and it somehow works. It's step one: Bam Adebayo never miss a mid range jumper. Step two: Run DHOs foul. forever. No, wait. That's we're, we're getting there. Step two <laughs> is foul grifting 
mostly by Jimmy Butler, but not exclusively by Jimmy Butler. And then step three, foul grifting and everybody on your team is not foul grifting. DHOs and everybody on your team is Kyle Korver. And everybody on your team can take not just catch and shoot threes, but like those one dribble threes behind the screen as well. And everybody can take transition threes. And you know, it works because like we saw today, Bam Adebayo is obviously the greatest mid range shooter in the history of basketball. And uh, I don't know what everyone else on their team went from three, but I'm assuming it was well over 100%. Because, and uh, luckily for us, they were misogrifting element of their game plan today. So I guess kudos to the Knicks for not fouling and to the refs for letting them play. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't really have a problem. I, I'm not gonna. I didn't have a problem with the officiating tonight. I thought it was good. Uh, I mean, it wasn't good in the sense of like. I, I, thought, I thought it was good too, except for it was. Well, it was like, it, yeah, yeah it, there was. They, there was they allowed, but it was consistent. Yeah, they they were fine. Like the only real, I mean, honestly, I can't even think of one call that I would have been like, oh yeah, that was so bad. Um, they were fine. I mean, the I only one that was that was that was actually atrocious was the was Gabe Vincent slapped R.J. Barrett's forearm. Just like Jason Tatum slapped LeBron's forearm, and they were checking it for goaltending, so we got to see the fucking replay of Gabe Vincent slapping R.J. Barrett's forearm like a hundred times. But I guess if it's a goaltending replay check, you can't check for fouls. And even if you could check for fouls, it doesn't matter because I'm sure the NBA is going to gaslight us and say that tomorrow on the last two minutes report that it was the correct no call to not call a foul on that play because. And then they're going to make up something that's not in the rule books, just like they did when Scotty Barnes also fouled R.J. Barrett on a breakaway in the last minute of a game. Because that's what they do. And these refs are making up definitions of fouls as they go, even in their best games. So, Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was consistent, though. They didn't, they didn't give Jimmy his bullshit tonight, which I appreciated. Yeah. Um, he kind of didn't try to. Like, it's like he saw it, and then he's like, all right. And then he just like moved it's on. It's because they weren't, they weren't giving it to him. Like, and Grimes didn't fall for any of his bullshit. And that was that. He didn't really have anything else left in his bag. I mean, that's the reality. Like, I like yeah. I love Jimmy Butler, but, like, so much of his game is predicated on that foul grifting. And, I mean, not just that, but, like, I, I don't know. He, he It feels like he just saves his mid-range jumpers for the playoffs or something. Like, he doesn't try that until then. So, yeah. Good luck Earlier this year, I was looking at... um. I was doing some, just looking at people, different players driving numbers and numbers at the rim. And on Instat, you can like sort by made, missed, and uh, drew fouls. And more than any other player, when you take out the drew fouls, his field goal percentage on shots at the rim plummets. Like lower than, like RJ, lower than RJ last year. So he really does depend on that stuff. Yeah. Um, But, Look, the Knicks. Whatever you want to say about this team, and I, I'm, I don't, I'm just going to get this out of the way. If you want to tell me that it, this was a poorly coached game by Tibbs, I'm not going to really fight you on that. Um, I, I will say to his credit, I thought the the we had that weird lull in the middle of the uh, third quarter. We also had a terrible run at the start of the second quarter when they went zone. Uh, but in that third quarter, once he put the bench in. And uh, they played really well, and he gave them a lot of time. But it wasn't just that they played well; they were actually attacking the zone pretty smartly. That's probably the best I've not, not probably that is me that is the best I've seen us play against the zone 
in three ever, years. Ever, ever. Yeah. And it's entirely, it, it's like I was joking that like that we were going to get demolished by the zone on Twitter and stuff like that. But in, if you think about it, it's entirely predictable that they played well against the zone today because the history of Tibbs coaching goes, do it his way, 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 until your back is absolutely up against the wall. So I promise you, this is the first game where they've significantly prepared for a zone because this is the only team in the I, I NBA. Even, I'm not even sure it was that. I just think when he doesn't have Brunson and then he had to go to a lineup, obviously, that doesn't have... I mean, he he, he took out RJ and quickly at the, in the middle of, or towards the end of the third quarter. Um, like, when he... This is always the thing with Tibbs is when he has to be creative, he can be creative. Like well, this is what I'm ability. saying. Like, they, they, were, they were just... It was a zone with doubles and traps. And, like, I de- Brunson definitely makes the ball stick more. Don't get me wrong. But, like, they would have trapped Brunson just oh, like rude. they trapped all our ball handlers. Yeah, no, and- we're we're going to talk about Brunson because I'll say this. One thing about Brunson, he sucks at dealing with traps. He's awful at it. Uh, for a lead guard, it's actually, like, weirdly just a really bad He has a bad habit of dribbling to the sideline when he gets trapped, which not doesn't actually help anything. Um, but to tip yeah. credit, like... RJ, my point, like, my point is like even like is this is what Tibbs usually does for zones. He puts Julius and RJ in the top of the zone, and he lets Julius and Brunson try to dribble through the zone. And I, I'm not gonna like he lets it, he allows it, he encourages it. I don't think he, just, I think he wants it. Like I think that's what he genuinely is telling them to do. Because I see, I saw RJ try to do that today. I saw Randall try to do that today. I've seen Brunson try to do that. I've yeah, seen Brunson yeah. try to do they that. Always try to do it. They always so try to do it. So it's at some point it's like if they're all doing it, then I have to think and I actually I've seen quickly do it, but I think I quickly is much more he's better at like being deceptive about it. Whereas there's like very I mean look, RJ and Randall are not they're the least deceptive human beings in the NBA probably. So he did the Knicks a favor by trap. adding aggressive yes, by adding aggressive trap, not just by adding traps like 30 feet out. If they would have just waited till the three-point line like every other team does to put ball pressure on the Knicks, the Knicks would have been fucked. But like you can't you can't dribble out a trap 35 feet from the hoop. Like it doesn't matter if you're Kyrie Irving. Like you you can't. So we saw the Knicks literally just forced into productive four on threes. And uh because they usually like their ball handlers at the they like their two taller ball handlers, RJ and and and, uh, and Randall, at the middle of the zone. Obviously, you're not going to put Jalen Brunson at the middle of the zone, but because of the way the lineups were, and because they were trapping ball handlers way the fuck high up, we had to have secondary players in the middle of the zone, 15 feet down the court. So Iheart was in the middle of the zone for the first time. Obi was in the middle of the zone for the first time. Evan and Grimes became release valves. So. They weren't in the middle of the zone, but they were the ones passing to the middle of the zone. And they're much more decisive passers and better entry passers than we usually see, which is like, it's also frustrating because this is the shit we've been saying for a zillion fucking years. Like, we know who's getting the middle of the zone. We know who the good connective passers are. We know this. But Tibbs is too much of a fucking scared bitch of a coach to actually say, no, guys, like, you're not Kyrie Irving to Brunson. And to Randall, more importantly, because Brunson, to his credit, like he makes the ball stick, but he can actually dribble out and around a zone and into the corners. Randall has no business doing that shit. RJ has no business doing that shit. Like, 
I don't think any of them have business, any business. There's, no, there's but, a, but there's, guys there's in the league. There's a, yeah, but there's a difference that. because Brunson is actually capable of, of scoring and dribbling in tight spaces, like even if it's not ideal. Like he can do it. Randall literally, he he just literally can't do it unless yeah, like, he does it. Well, he can't do it. I get it. I I we're gonna save the Brunson discussion for for later because I, I there needs to be an honest discussion about Brunson, which isn't like to say that he's a bad player, but. I think we've glossed over many of his flaws this year because of how spectacular his scoring is. Um, but I don't want to get to that right now because the next one is a basketball game. Uh, I do want to talk again about the fact I thought, again, I thought Tibbs did a pretty good job of like being more creative, whether that was forced upon him or an active choice. We could debate that forever. Either way, he did it. It happened. It worked well. Um, and I actually, I think he does. It's weird. I thought he should have let the bench guys stay in for longer in the fourth quarter just because they had it going like specifically deuce um i didn't care about evan coming out but deuce i thought should have stayed in because i just thought he was playing well like he he was was playing spectacularly he was playing really well he hit he cashed a couple threes he's probably it's really weird aside from grimes and obi like and obi's just been strange about cutting this year but like I think Deuce might be our best cutter. He's actually his, very good his, at it. His dunker spot layups. Yeah. was so funny, bro. Or when he, he was power dribbling that yeah. shit like Charles Oakley. Well, it was, he saw his Tyler Hero and he was like, oh, that's no problem. Um, <laughs> but, like, I thought he did. I thought he played really well. I, I, I genuinely thought he should have stayed in the game. At the same time, I don't think it's really worth it to criticize Tips for bringing in quickly when, and Grimes in right there when he did. Uh, Grimes, especially because Butler came back in. I have no yeah. desire to see. Evan Fournier play a single defensive possession against Jimmy Butler. So Evan Fournier entry pat like Evan Fournier catching fire in 2023 is five minutes of quality entry passes. Let's not fly too close to the sun. He had the entry passes. It was great. Yeah. Bring Grimes back in. <laughs> it was it was great, especially because whatever that was in the first half from him, that was one of the worst halves of play I think I've ever watched in my life. And Tibbs was like, more, yeah. more, more. Hey, hey, look, you got it, but like that's what I'm saying. Like, you, We're going to criticize him for when these guys fuck up. He deserves credit a little bit anyway when his gut benefits him. And Evan I'm not going to credit him because like this, the whole point of not coloring, doing your substitutions by color by number patterns is if somebody is playing well, you can leave them in longer. And if they're playing shitty, you can take them out quicker. God forbid he do that and then have to recalculate his fucking substitution patterns. Well, the, the, the weirdest thing for me is just like Fournier goes from out of the rotation to getting more minutes than Deuce or Obi. Like, I, it'll never make sense to me. Um, but yeah, I thought I didn't know what the minutes was. It yeah. did feel, feel weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I thought he did a good job letting those guys stay in until I think it was seven thirty, maybe even a little bit less in the in the fourth, um, and. He, okay, so like when Julius comes back in, he runs. Obviously, we ran like three straight possessions. We go away from RJ, who was cooking, to run these really bad. We ran like a Julius ISO, then we ran a high pick and roll with Quick and and Hartenstein, which I just didn't understand, like why that's the move there. Um, and then, and then he ran. Um, there was like an ISO for Julius close to the top of the key, but whatever. The point being is like we went away from RJ for a few um but again goes back to rj i thought rj played a very good game uh until the last two possessions or whatever you want to call the last 15 seconds or whatever the fuck it was um but like this is where you have to criticize tibbs like you have a five point lead with five seconds left okay the one thing the one thing 
you cannot have happen. That cannot happen out of that timeout is you give up a wide open three to a good shooter. They have like two good shooters on this fucking team. Struce and Hero. Okay? Who leave Ihart in? Why? I don't know. Because Bam's not like if Bam's if you if they if you give up a two there, you're still pretty much you need to make like one free throw and the game's over. You give up a three you make one free throw, the game's still in the balance because they have a he's done, he's done this several times know, where, where he just keeps the same fucking crunch time lineup in even if adjusting it for a particular but, play with under 10 seconds left but he's is also very adjusted, obvious. But he's also adjusted it before too, which is why... Like, yeah, it makes it even more baffling. Yeah, it <laughs> makes no sense. And Hardenstein played an awesome game. So, like, I, I know he's like I mean, he's minus 14 here on the uh, on the old plus minus. Look, look if, Bam, if Bam is... didn't hit like a thousand shots in his grill, like they were well defended, and the Knicks hit a regular number of threes, then his plus minus would have been fine. Yeah, and and yeah. Jericho Sims is a plus sixteen. I promise you, Isaiah Hartenstein was way better than Jericho Sims was tonight. Um, but like he, so you give up a three. Like somehow you you don't switch everything, and Hartenstein's late getting out to contest the three. You know, he was so in rhythm for that and, shot. <laughs> and and then on top of that, before that even happens, so the game is it's 102 or 102.99. We have the ball. We get the play's going nowhere. Ball gets knocked out of RJ's hand. So Tibbs calls the timeout nine seconds out of the shot clock. We come out of the timeout and like we don't run anything out of these fucking timeouts. We don't fucking set a screen. Nobody fucking moves. Everybody runs to the same fucking spots, which everybody in the NBA knows. And, and it happened the, after and, the replays, no, too. Up, and hold up. And the fucking play was to throw it to fucking Randall with fucking Bam Adebayo on him. Like, how is that the play? How the fuck is that the fucking play? Like, this is insane. Like, th- so he does this. RJ, like, look, should he have passed the ball to Randall sooner? Probably. Should he maybe have another option on the play other than three other guys standing around with their dick in their hands watching fucking Randall beg for the ball 30 feet from the hoop with fucking Bam out of eye on him? Yeah, probably. They probably should be a different, like, there should probably be other options on that play. Because we know Tibbs, you know, he's all about having options on his uh, after timeout plays. Um, But, like, so they do this. RJ throws the ball to the backcourt. Bam gets it. Uh, Randall fouls him. Bam makes fourth. Both free throws, but it's 102 101 now. Okay, Knicks, uh, they <laughs> score in possession, right? I think that was the uh, that was the old uh, that might have been the old gold 10 play. I don't really remember off the top of my head. Um, they get the stop, great. The Knicks get a stop, they and not only do they get the stop, okay, they also do this amazing thing where they corral the defensive rebound. Amazing work, great job. Knicks have the ball three, the Heat don't foul. Because hey, we can get we can try to get an eight second violation, and we have two we have a foul to give. Let's see what happens. Randall gets the ball to RJ. RJ throws it. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. He throws it <laughs> down the middle of the floor. Heat steal it. I mean, it's I mean, that entire sequence was crazy. <laughs> they get the ball, and then like I don't know, they are swinging the ball around somehow, like quickly close that to somebody in the corner. So they make they have to make an extra pass to the top of the key. Fucking iHeart is out there. He tips it. I've never seen this to himself. Before. Yeah, to himself. Like he, fucking and one mixtape yeah, style. He kept it in bounds. He kept it in bounds. I've never seen him run that fast in my life. Throws it back to Grimes. Grimes hits Randall down the middle of the lane. 
there, like, there, I saw people being like, "Well, Randall should have dribbled it out." I'm not. I'm not going to complain about a guy taking a dunk to be, put us up five. No, with five le- less Randall dribbles. Yeah. <laughs> All, when when in doubt. <laughs> yeah, and also like five, five, five point lead with five seconds left. I am never going to kill you for taking that over. Right. Right. Dri- like I really, this guy dribbling to the corner, and then he has to make a couple free throws, like a couple seconds left. No, I'm good. Take the dunk and let's move on. Um, like, so then you got that. Then you have this fucking play, right? Where Hartenstein does this, you know? Or sorry, Hartenstein's like closing out. They call a timeout. Out of the timeout, it's again. It's the same fucking play. All he did was he changed the inbounder. He had Grimes inbound the ball instead of RJ. But watch the playback. There's nothing that happens on the play. It's that we run the same exact play out of every goddamn fucking timeout. And that is why every timeout, every out of bounds play feels like the biggest challenge in the fucking world for this team. But go back and watch that play. Nobody sets a screen for anybody. They all, RJ runs to the backcourt. Two other guys run to each corner. And then you've got Randall, who, like, why are you right by the half court? Like, why are you right by the half court line? Like, why is that? Like, how is that the position? Randall's sitting there at the half court line. He's Bam is between him and Grimes. He's between the ball and Randall. Randall's just like has his hand out like he's fucking Randy Moss or something. And you know, Bam isn't bigger than him. Grimes has to throw this lob over him. Actually completes the pass. Okay. Randall gets it. This is the the this is this this one drove me crazy. All Randall has to do is hold the fucking ball. Don't put the ball on the floor. Don't fucking do anything. Just hold the ball. Hold the ball. That's it. That's all you got to do. What does he do? What the fuck does he do? He tries to dribble the ball. He falls like a fucking idiot. Travels. Or not travels. Basically just, you know, he loses control of it. Bam gets a clear recovery. They overturned. They initially called it a foul. They rightfully overturned it. Miami gets the ball. Out of their timeout. Hero gets a pretty clean look for that three. I... I understand, like, that one I'm not going to totally kill Tim for because you do have to protect against the two there also. And and Randall, to his credit, did actually get a good contestant there. Yeah, I was going to say, um, Randall's help on that was, because RJ had to chase him, which is always yeah. an adventure, but Randall showed up in the corner. Yeah, and honestly, that's probably one where I'm like, I, 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 I don't know if I really want to kill Tim for this, but it's like, in that situation, with that limited amount of time left, I think you should put Grimes on Hero and put RJ on Barrett. Anyway, or sorry, RJ on Barrett. RJ on Butler. But, like, Knicks get away with it. They win the game. But, like, look, I I think Tibbs did some good things tonight. But the end of that end of game stuff is, like, I mean, we've seen this for three years now. The guy's a terrible end-of-game coach. He's the worst. As far as I don't know, I, I can't say definitively. But I, I would imagine he's... Someone did the, did the math on the... Oh, no, that wasn't on end of game. Well, that was just out of timeouts. He's yeah, that was out of timeouts. Our shot quality out of timeouts is 27. There's got to be so, somewhere we can look up the end of game stuff, because that's easy. I mean, there's no way to, like, determine what's a coaching decision or what's a... Oh, like, I just meant, like, team performance, but yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, we're... we're, uh, we're I think our net rating... <laughs> we're, we're literally 24th in offensive rating in the fourth quarter. In the first three quarters, we are second... Or we're 13th in the first... Second in the second and seventh, or something like that. But we're basically somewhere between very good to excellent offensively for three quarters, and then in the fourth quarter we turn into pumpkins. Um, but like, it's just the end of game stuff with this guy is just, and 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 on top of it, okay, on top of it, because this is not just Tibbs. Like on top of him being terrible as an end of game coach, I mean Randall as an end of game executor is just 
fucking atrocious, man. Like this guy is just yeah, it's it's brutal to watch some of the stuff he does at the end of games. RJ was bad tonight at the end of the game. I, I'll give him a pass. I actually think he tends to be good at the end of games. Weird. Yeah, usually it's the opposite. He was killing for like the middle of the game, and then in the end he had just a couple of slip ups. I mean, he was good even through most of the fourth. He just yeah, yeah, up those yeah, yeah. two plays. It was just yeah, really weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. like uh, Randall is just brutal end of game man, absolutely brutal. And and he's the guy that Tibbs trusts the most for whatever reason to to his own hindrance. I, I it's honestly bizarre but like look it is worth saying the Knicks won the game um repeatedly because as stupid as the end of the game was they did win it and they won it without Brunson they won it without they, Mitchell Robinson like that's a lot of big shot they hit a lot of big threes towards the and end they were, and they were off of good movement yeah. and like I, yeah. you know we 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 can again we already talked about does Tim deserve credit was he forced it doesn't really matter in in the sense of just judging the fact that inherently they were good ball movement shots um, but RJ and Randall had really good reads on a few of those. Um, and I, I gotta mention the, the Randall turnover at the end of the third quarter was like, I mean, I mean, I, I couldn't believe that the guy fucking, what the fuck happened? That was crazy. I, and I have a hard time believing that's on Grimes or, or on Deuce because you can see Deuce looking at Tibbs, right? So I'm assuming that he's literally going to do what Tibbs wants him to do. This is all Deuce does also. Yeah. He never deviates from the game plan to a fault. Yeah, and so it was We've seen we've seen shit like this is the other thing that get that gets annoying about like the end of game stuff is we see it, you know, like it's obviously most prominent in the last couple minutes when the score is close, but you see it leading up to it. So Right before crunch time really hit, I think it was like three thirty or something like that left. Um, it was Julius had an ISO, and it was just a mid range, you know, off the dribble jumper, like twenty feet. It was a very difficult shot with Jimmy Butler on him, and I was like, okay, here, here we go with this bullshit again. And then the next play, um, you could tell Julius just expects that to be the play because IQ was like, we yeah. running some shit. <laughs> and oh, it wasn't like some complicated, that, you know, fucking. No, that, that, play, that play pissed me off so much. And he just got in the way. Yeah, he just <laughs> went out there, 30 feet out, hand in the air, give me the ball. And quickly he's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what are you doing? And then like, he come, and then he he basically, he did the old rant. He doesn't do this as much, but he still does it sometimes, particularly during crunch time where um, he sets the screen. And then he he does the screen rolls just to, the to get the ball. Yeah. This time it wasn't even rolls to the elbow. It was like rolls to like right in front of the three point line, <laughs> right inside of the three point line. Oh, you you can't go anywhere. Got to give me the ball. And literally, like I was like rage typing to one of my boys, and like I turned it back, and RJ had just already scored again. So I I literally don't even know what happened in the next play, but I, I was just like, bro, it's not even real crunch time. And we already with this bullshit. And then you saw the same. You mentioned it earlier, where with the ATOs, um, with the timeout plays, because um, both long replay checks or challenges or whatever throughout the game uh, resulted in were basically quasi timeouts for the Knicks, and they were just they might we they might as well have been zero seconds between plays. Like they might as well have been no time between plays, and our coach was tied up in a basement. Like, because we just had no, there was no productivity boost 
on either end out of them. And so, like, you see the hints of it throughout the game, and you're just like, ah, no, like, stay down, damn it. Just, I don't want to deal with this. And then the fucking game slows down, and of course you get this shit. But, I mean, you're right. Like, to their credit, like, they they built leads. The Heat would come back, and they would build I mean, the and, leads and again. The Heat the Heat do it. Like, they, they've... I think they've played the most clutch time games in the league. They have, yeah. They they have come back. I think they're one of the league leaders in comebacks. Like they they this is what they do. So again, like we can sit here and just view it as like, oh, you know, Tibbs and Randall and RJ and fucking, you know, Fournier, but like the Heat are gonna put pressure on you. Spolstra's an awesome coach. He's gonna find weaknesses to hit you with. Um and actually look, aside from Jericho's weird like when he just randomly decided to stop like to just not contest hero multiple times in a row. Aside from that, I thought they did a pretty decent job on like, like who their shooters were. Yes. Were there a few times RJ or Randall or somebody got caught up on a screen or didn't contest that? Well, I loved how they defended. Um, he, I, I, I liked the decision to put RJ on hero for most of the, the first half because it sounds a little silly, but like RJ doesn't deal well with huge guys like Kuzma. He doesn't deal well with very fast guys like true speedy guards and stuff like that. But Hero's like a finesse player, and and he doesn't like physicality that much. Um, it to and then to Spo's credit, he finally was like, okay, like one screen ISO and ISO versus RJ is is not doing it for Hero. I got to get him moving. So he he began running sets for his uh for his scorer. Imagine that. And uh, and then that's when Hero shook loose for like a, a bazillion jump shots, and then he got in a rhythm from there. And um, but I, I don't really put that on Tibbs because like that was going to happen eventually. It was just a matter of when Spo did it. Like they're not going to use Hero like he's like Paul George or something like that. So, uh, but I, I liked the decision because of what you said earlier. It allowed them to put um, Grimes on Butler. Not that RJ's been bad on Butler his career, but, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, fuck it, try it. Like, Grimes is your best perimeter defender for for strength for strength purposes, at least, for, like, big brolic motherfuckers. So he's a little short, but whatever, give it a try. And then you could always put RJ or Julius if it doesn't work, and Jimmy's in one of those turn-back-the-clock moves, right? So um, he stayed down. So I like that decision by Tibbs. Um, you know, like like we said before, I liked him putting passers in the zone, in the middle of the zone. Um, the sub stuff we talked about already is kind of annoying, but it's like a gift and a curse, I guess, when when you're playing well. So it, it was, it's mostly the the timeout stuff and the end game shit that was ridiculous. Um, there no, was a period. That's, I will that's, also, that's, there, what, that's what makes it so frustrating. Is like with this mm-hmm. team in general, mm-hmm. it's like you get 42 minutes of like more or less good basketball but like the six minutes of ball in a game that are like situational end of quarters end of games end of halves yeah they had out of timeouts or whatever (laughs) they fucking suck at all of it at all of it they're so fucking bad at all of it and it matters like though like this is why it drives me nuts when people are like how do you criticize tibbs why are you talking about tibbs they won the game or they they're winning like because the shit that a coach like if you want to say for 42 minutes of a game, the coach really can't do shit, I disagree, but fine. I'll give that one to you. I'll give that to you. Aside from rotations, the coach can't really do shit. Fine. 
But the fucking shit he can control, he's so bad at. He's so fucking bad at it. And he's not like some novice coach. It's not like, oh, it's his first year, it's his second year, he'll grow up. He's experienced. He's been a head coach for how many fucking years now? Like 10 years or something? He's been on NBA sidelines for damn near 30 fucking years. Okay? This is not some guy. This this isn't his first rodeo. It's the same shit. We've seen the same things we're complaining about. You can go back and you'll see Wolves fans complaining about it. You can go back, you'll see Bulls fans towards the end of his time, they're complaining about it. Like, he he has good, there are good qualities about him as a coach. But the shit he sucks at, he fucking sucks at. I'm sorry. Like, he and, I, and I'll add, I'll go one step further. I already told you this in a DM, but I think some of the shit that we give him credit for on this season, I don't even know if, it, like, he deserves quite as much credit, to be frank. Like, the shit that is, like, the NBA just changing and modernizing and, you know, like, stati- like and, and analytics resulting in different shot profiles and, and shit like that. Like that's, I mean, there's also just, just like the fact that guys come in with skill sets, like, like guys shoot threes. Yeah. Guys, you get like the front office is getting Quentin Grimes and like, all right, guess what? Quentin Grimes probably not going to shoot mid range shots, but like eliminate, like it take making Julius eliminate the long twos and the floater, the rebounding and floater statistics, analytical stuff. Like we, that that the heavy points in the paint, the floaters, the O rebounds with Mitch, all of that shit, that gets by Tibbs supporters almost wholly attributed to Tibbs. And I don't know why. Like I don't yeah. know why. There's no way Tibbs was like, well, if you calculate the average uh shot quality of a rebound for Mitchell Robinson on floaters. You know, we have a disproportionate advantage compared to other offensive rebounders not named Steven Adams. So we're going to sign him and encourage our players to work on their flow. There's zero chance Tibbs came up with any of that shit. Zero chance. I promise you. So, like, it, like all, all the, like, oh, you know, our, our O rating is still really good and he adjusts between seasons. I'm like, yeah, that's true. But, like, that's just as much on the front office as it is on the coach where you really see the coach have responsibility and none to the front office are the areas where Tibbs almost consistently fails, except for getting players to buy in. That's the one thing he's very good at to get buy in at roles, even when they're not good roles, but in front office, independent things like those key six minutes that can swing a game, especially if you have the talent that maybe is 500 team, maybe is a little above 500 team guy falls on his fucking face every single time. Choosing the roles for players, most of the time, falls on his fucking face every single time. All of the things, like the front office, I don't think people realize how much, like, yes, I want the front office to interfere more. I, I, we've, all, we've all said that many times for many years now. But, like, the front office has absolutely saved Tibbs from being an even worse coach than he is. He hasn't done them fucking favors because his shit lowers their record and devalues their prospects that they bring in. So. I'm. I'm just. Re- I just have to get that ran out because I'm really fucking tired of like, we only bring up the front office when we want them to be the ones to fire Tibbs, and when we're talking about oh like O rating and O rebounds and oh we don't we don't pass the ball a lot because turnovers will increase and we're really good at not turning the ball over and that's one of the big reasons from our O rating. I'm like, okay, if you believe all that, do, who the fuck do you think came up with that? I promise you, it wasn't Thomas Thibodeau. Like. I fucking promise you, it's it's so fucking annoying. Like, this team is performing as well as it is in spite of Tibbs, not because of Tibbs. 
And we're going to see this shit in the next couple of years. I don't know if it's going to be at this trade deadline or next trade deadline where Emmanuel quickly is going to earn a big fucking contract. RJ Barrett's already has a big fucking contract. OB is going to probably go somewhere and kill it. I don't know if he's gonna be an all star or something. He's I still really, really don't want to trade him. I don't want to like, trade him either. He's like, good. like I, he's legit he fucking good. Yeah, like he. I mean, he's he had like one three. He he had a three rim in and out today that I like. Honestly, it felt like that that one went in. That might have been. I mean, not with this team because this team can't hold any lead. But like, yeah, it was like we were up nine. It really felt like that was good. Lead. We saw Obi passing for the yeah. first time. That guy, that guy appeared for the first time in 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 many moods. And it's like, just you got it. You got Obi dunks and stuff. That was coming back. Like transition, Obi was back for a second. Like, it's so it's so fucking stupid. And like, I I just hate the fact that like we're gonna. Yes, the team doesn't have a lot of depth right now, and. You know, seven guys, whatever, whatever. But like, we saw with Hart, with iHeart today too, right? And the last couple games, like, well, so he. I, I will say this about Hartenstein: I think mm-hmm. he just looks more like he looks physically better. Like he he looks he's moving better. Yeah, I think he looks more active. I don't. And he like he mentioned earlier in the year that he did that have, did have that Achilles that was bothering him. So on that one, for like the usage of him, I agree, has not been great. But just, but just like physically, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the improvement, I think, seems like it's more of a physical thing rather than like, you know, he's adjusted to Tibbs or Tibbs is adjusted to him. I think it's just he's yeah. really better. And it's actually, not- like I'll say this: like the fact that he's not being able to really showcase the passing stuff, which was kind of like the one or not the appeal, but part of the appeal of acquiring him. Uh, the I fact mean, that he could ask like, most people, I'd say that was the the headline talent there, the separator, yeah. right? Yeah, and so the fact that he's now showing that, like, even without that, he's a positive player. Like, that's, that's like impressive. Very, yeah, it's like very impressive. And I got to say, like, I thought I didn't have a problem basically on any of the jumpers that Bam hit on him. I thought his defense was really good. I was there. fucking pissed because, like, they they were literally all like hand up contested fadeaways yeah. and. I, I just looked well. it up. Other, other I, than that fucking layup he missed in the fourth quarter that actually pissed oof, me off. Like, oof. come on, man. Don't be blowing layups that my son gives to you on a platter. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking love the assist turnover ratio, bro. Come on. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's, that's not how we do it. Um, but, like, you know, he played really well. And he's this is, like, probably his fifth game in a row where I'm saying this. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't I, – would I start him over Sims at this point? Sure. I don't have a huge problem with him not doing it right now. But, like – it's also again. It's like this is goes back to your point where it's like it would be fine if he didn't want to remove Sims from the starting lineup for whatever reason. If he would just not, if he would like bring Hartenstein in sooner, bring Sims back in, and then close with Hartenstein. But it's not that, right? It's Sims plays, and then it's like Hartenstein closes the last eighteen minutes or whatever the fuck it is, and and that's just such a I mean, look. To Hartenstein's credit, he might be the only seven footer in the league that apparently can like play eighteen minutes stints and be okay. Um, cause he, he was, he, he was all over the place, uh, throughout the end of the game. So, um, you know, I, I the thing with Arnstein though, is just like, he'll do all these great things, but his mistakes are so, stupid. so loud, so loud, They're so dumb. And like, <laughs> I, like I can, I, I'm watching that. Like he had one today, right? Great defensive possession, closes it out, gets the rebound. 
and then he just throws it to like Butler oh or something. Oh my god! And yeah. I'm like, what? I, like, I'm like, what you, you even doing? got the rebound finally? <laughs> I remember. I, I was literally like, oh, I remember thinking like, Schwinn is probably fucking hype. Like he got he secured the rebound. And then he did that shit, and I was like, "God damn it, I'm gonna have to deal with this shit on the pod." But no, you're right, and and like it, it also, um, I, in addition to just it being hard to play, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 minutes of NBA ball in a row, like I, I feel like anecdotally, we played a lot of teams a lot of times in the first half of the season, and now we're getting a little bit more variety in terms of opponents. And this is when it's most helpful to vary your center rotations, right? It's like you're playing AD one minute and then bam, and then you don this Haslam for a hot second, right? Like, uh, yeah, what the hell was that? Why did Haslam play tonight? I don't know, man. Is uh, he retiring? Was this like, hey, let's get, let's get Haslam? Wayne Deadman, it says DNP coach's decision. <laughs> was that, was that just like, was that just like a hey, let's get let's get Udonis one final uh, run out of the garden or something? Because dude, he is fucking that. Every, both the jumpers he took that one well, that three he took was honestly hilarious. It, it was. Yeah, I was very surprised. And I was like, look, this dude is. He just looks old, man. You look like Morgan Freeman. You got like bald spots, plural, bro. Just. Just shave. Just go to Baldy. Like LeBron got the Baldy, you can get the Baldy. Y'all like the same age almost. It's okay, dude. Just plenty of dudes in Miami got the Baldy, and it looks great. I'm sure it looks great on you. Just, just this has uh, to be the end for him. I, I hope it is, man. I'm so like I, I I don't even know why this guy's like in the league. They they were trying to talk about him on the on the on the fucking broadcast today. Breen's like, oh, he's just such a fucking leader. I'm like, what is he leading? <laughs> like, what is like? What the, their culture is gonna fall apart and fucking bam out of like or sorry if if Udonis has them out there more get out of here man I don't want to hear that shit it's fucking leader there's definitely some under the table type ah we're just gonna you know we'll give you this vet men yeah um but yeah I mean look I, I gotta say too I mean he looked he's obviously cooked Kyle Lowry man this it, Oof, it, that yeah. shit hurts yeah that shit. That, this is just let's that happened fast. I mean, there were signs his last year in Toronto. He still played well, but I remember he wasn't something. like cooked, cooked. No, but it, it, I rem- I know, but it's like one of those things, right? He's what six one, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. played all, and he yeah. doesn't just play like he plays hard minutes, dude. Like, yeah, he's always had a lot of hard minutes. He's had a lot Two of way. Playoff, yeah, played a lot of playoff minutes too. <clears throat> um, and like I remember looking at his stats last year in Toronto, and all the. The, all the counting numbers, all the advanced stats, all that stuff, the shooting numbers, they were all so good. But I remember looking at all, all the advanced stuff, all the impact stuff was like down. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, weird COVID year. They played in Florida. Maybe, you know, maybe that was like, maybe that was the sign. Like, hey, yeah, maybe don't invest in this guy. Um, but yeah, him and him and Chris Paul, they, they need to, I, I need to tune in when they, when they face off because that, that might be painful to watch. All the time said, enough is enough. <laughs> Both it. of you, yeah, um, you're out of here. I'm done. I, I gotta, I gotta give the, I gotta give the remaining years you guys had to LeBron. Um, it, he's like Lowry is really one of my all time favorites. Like that, I mean, I'm happy he was trash today versus us, but like 
Of course, he did. He did sneak in one giant fucking three pointer, just like ah, I still got a little bit youngin. <laughs> you know, he was. It was actually hilarious watching. Like, I knew him. that shit was going in. By the way, I was like, oh, that that guy. one I knew, but I. It was so funny watching him try to take like quickly off the bounce, and I'm just like, no, you're not, no, you're shit. not going anywhere, man. Like, <laughs> you're just not. Just relax. Um, I also uh, I gotta say. Grimes, he had 17 points tonight. Really good game from him. Damn, uh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he had. He, I, I still, like, there were a couple of times he attacked the rim and he finished the layup, but I'm like, bro, just take the three, man. Like, like, come on. I understand you haven't been hitting him, but like, you need to be one of those guys that, like, like, you, he needs to be a guy where if he misses 15 in a row, there's no hesitation. Like, that's the confidence he needs to have in his three. Because he's that level of shooter in terms of at least like the speed of his release, how high his release is, the yeah, rate just, that he shot the ability to get it off, yeah. right? Yeah, like he's just got to. But seventeen points, it's nice. He had two huge threes in the fourth quarter, especially one late. Um, I mean, and it was phew, nothing but net. Both of them just that was his, a beautiful pass. Both of yeah. those last two. Um, I think it was, I think they might have been both Julius or one was Julius, it, one was RJ. The Julius one was was wild because yeah. RJ passed it to Julius, right? If yes, I recall, underneath the underneath the rim, and then Julius swung it back out. So, yeah. so it was like it was like we facing the zone. The ball got to RJ. I mean to to RJ in an advantageous position. He then he passed it to Julius, and I was a hundred percent sure. I was so ready for Julius <laughs> to do like something. 18 Super pump under the hoop and then yeah, just, yeah like just foot. just whatever the dumbest possible decision was there i was like so and even when he went to pass it i was like this is definitely gonna be a turnover like i had like no faith in him to make the right he actually had a tight good passing window but it was like consecutive miracles and then grimes hitting the three was like the final consecutive miracle because just because he's been a little off lately i was like oh my god Everything happened on this play. This is I will great. say when he shoots, I can tell. Like I can oh, yeah. tell when it's gonna go in or not. Like, There's a can, lot of times where he shoots it. and I'm like when he's wide open and he shoots like he, you know how some most shooters like if they're wide open, they'll catch it, like take a breath and then shoot it. No, he's like trying to shoot he's trying to shoot it like it almost feels like he's trying to shoot it faster. It's like every shot he's trying to break a personal speed record for how lo- how fast can I go from catch? To shot, no matter how, how open he is, it's how he plays. Like in general, though, like it right, is. like even when he puts the ball on the floor, like I mean, attacking the closeout, he gets to the rim and it's like he has that. two. He has two speeds: zero and full speed. <laughs> Honestly, he's just never at zero though. Like he's just always running. <laughs> That's fair. No, he had he had when one it... possession today. I it actually pissed me off so much because like quickly and Randall were trying to run this two man game on the side. And Grimes is just standing in the corner on that side. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, so you see I'm like that, bro, yeah. get the fuck out of there. Move. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you're just standing there. Like, you never stop cutting. And now you've decided this is the time that you're just going to, like, get the fuck out. Um, but Randall, <laughs> Randall hit, like, some bullshit ass, like, you know, bailout jumper from the top of the key. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, this was, it, can't let the end of the game take away from the fact this was, like, a great win, I thought. And, like, it's so annoying they lost that Brooklyn game, especially the way they lost that Brooklyn game. Same with the Lakers game. Uh, the Lakers one was maybe even more annoying because I just thought they didn't have the starters, especially to me, just did not have any intensity, especially defensively, for the entirety of the game, basically. Um, the but, Lakers? 
Yeah, the Lakers game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just the lack of intensity was so glaring in that game to me. I mean, you, you could even sense it from the crowd at the at the end of the game. You know, you got the Oregon guy trying to get the defense chant going, and it was like people are what like, "What the fuck is up with that? Like, why? Like, what? It's the Lakers in the Garden on TV." But that game was so boring, man. Like, honestly, I, I mean, know that's why I turned it off, and I had to wa- I had to watch it live today. Or not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I no, it was it, it was such a boring game, and I'm like, what is going on here? It's, it's the most boring overtime game you'll ever watch. Um, but like, no, I mean, this they 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 went to Boston. They beat Boston, right? Uh, they beat Cleveland at home, a full strength Cleveland team. They've beaten Miami now. Like, this team is very up and down, and that's to be expected with this many young guys in the rotation. And you know, with Tibbs as the head coach, and with Randall as one of your top two options. But like, the. The ups are probably a little bit more relevant with this team than the downs, I think, given the overall age of the group. What do you mean um, Yeah. And, and I just, I mean, look, like, we should probably talk a little bit more about RJ just in general because um, we do need to talk about it. Like, he obviously didn't talk to reporters after he didn't play at all down the stretch of the Lakers game. Um, I honestly didn't have a problem with how he handled that. Like, do you want him to answer the questions ideally and just give the bullshit answers and then get the fuck out of there? Sure. Um, but he's been benched multiple times in his career down the stretch of games, and he's never, you know, he's never said anything. He's never, I'm sure he's not happy about it. And I'm sure if we went back and watched the video, you could see like upset body language stuff from him, but he hasn't done anything. And he, he didn't do anything this time either. Yeah. Like, this is the thing that needs to be said. Like, I saw a lot of, like, I saw people being like, well, he should answer the question. He needs to respect. That's one of the sport no, sports yeah. norms that I don't really like. Like, but like, he, I, but my thing is, my thing is, he said, he said exactly what he thought, and he did it without. He didn't throw Tibbs under the bus. He didn't throw a teammate under the bus. Mm-hmm. He didn't say I played well. He didn't make excuses or anything. All he said was, "I'm not. T- I'm not going to answer any questions." And I have no problem with that. I think he had a quote after the game today. Which was it's a very corny loser quote. Um, they asked him about <laughs> RJ Barrett talked about why he didn't speak to the media after the Knicks' loss to the Lakers on Tuesday. My mama told me if you don't have don't if you didn't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. Like, bro, shut up. <laughs> I mean, okay. we know we know RJ's yeah. like a cornball. Like, it, yeah. it's just part of his appeal. Almost, it's endearing. But like, just back to the other thing, real quick, like. I don't think every player should have to talk every fucking game, even if they suck or even if they're great. Like, every player should be entitled to at least a couple of fucking games where they're just like, I'm going home. This fucking sucks. He's 22. You know how many times some shit went bad when I was 22 and I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now? Every fucking other day. And that shit happens to me now as a grown-ass adult who fucking pays taxes and has lots of student debt. Like, Damn, like we, you know, this this came to a head with uh, Naomi Osaka uh, like a year ago and all that shit when when she just had her whole thing. But like, it's just kind of weird. Like, oh, fucking submit to our questions, you fucking young adult. Like, it's just like if you if aliens came and just like observed that cultural norm, they'd be like, what the f-? no, like let these people let these people co- decompress maybe, and then ask them questions on the off days or something like, or on the next game or something. Like, it's just, it's just weird. And like, everybody was, 
I get why people get frustrated by him on the court, right? Like, and I think that's why everybody kind of made a big hubbub about it. it. Was like, oh, like his defense, his his steps are not leaps, right? He's gotten better, but not like crazy, crazy better, and and all that shit. So it, you know, the frustration bottles up for a lot of people with RJ, um, and I get that, especially in a perceived big game like versus the Lakers and everything. But like, I. I don't know, man. It I don't think I, I'm just. I'm, I, I, I got some things to say about this. I think people. Okay, he's 22. He's a fourth year player. When you say that, people are like, "That's not an excuse." Like he's not going. to Like okay, I'm not <laughs> well, saying. I... <laughs> I'm not saying it's an excuse. I'm saying he's a 22 year old kid who, yes, he's improved parts of his game. But I talked about this with you five thousand times. You can improve parts of your game and not fundamentally yet be a better player. Like, because you don't know how to take the things you've improved at and then apply them in-game in the right context consistently, and not just apply them consistently, but apply them in a way that amplifies right. your right. skills and amplifies your team as a whole. And I can like, give you the pieces of a bike, but until you put that shit together, it's just pieces. It's not a fucking bike, yeah. and that's kind of where RJ is. Yeah. <laughs> and my issue with this entire thing is, like, like, People are like, oh, his defense is falling off. His defense is falling off. He doesn't want to defend. And like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give I wanna let people know how the NBA works, okay? Here's a news flash. If a team gives you you're the third overall pick, and in your third season, they start funneling twenty seven usage at you, and you become a twenty point per game scorer, and then that offseason they hand you a hundred and seven million dollar contract. And sure, did they shop you and include you in packages for Donovan Mitchell? Yes, but ultimately, they paid you a $107 million contract, they didn't trade you for Donovan Mitchell, and they brought you back. What signal is that sending you? What is the signal? The signal is, okay, I've got to take a leap offensively. I've got to become a better scorer. I've got to become a, a better primary focus of the offense. Okay? So don't fucking sit there and try to tell me, RJ should just be the guy he was a second year in the league. No, the fuck he shouldn't. And you know what? We yeah, shouldn't want that whack. either. That's, that's fucking right. bullshit, bro. Get the fuck out of here with that. He's a 22-year-old kid with a third overall pick. He's trying to get better. And you can tell me, and I won't disagree with you because I've been shitting on him for this stuff too. He has to be better defensively. He has to pass more. He should maybe sometimes understand that when he doesn't have it going, it's okay to take only 11 shots in a game and not try to shoot your way out of a fucking slump. I agree with all of that. I, uh, I'm i with all that. I've criticized him for all that. At the same fucking time, he's a 22-year-old kid who is getting better, who has gotten better at shit. Like, I saw somebody responded to me the other day about a tweet saying, like, I think RJ's catching too much heat now for team-wide defensive struggles in Mitch's absence. That was basically, like, the summation of what I was saying. And somebody responded with, like, oh, well, look at his percentile efficiency and all these zones uh, for wings in the league. And I'm like, what are you telling me? So your your point is RJ isn't efficient. No fucking shit. He's not efficient yet. Like, this is, you can't judge young kids. Also, also like, real quick. Like, real quick. On, on. I, 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 like this, it drives me absolutely nuts. And this is why I've been like, periodically been like, this is what his numbers are for the last 25 games, last 27, 30, right, whatever right, fucking right. Because young players, this is the biggest thing with young players. And this is why, like, I fall, I succumb to this too, especially for players that I don't like, like Scotty Barnes, who sucks ass. 
Um, but like, you can't just look at season to season growth for young players. And like, I understand why we do that. Like, why me and you might do that for fucking you know Cole Anthony in Orlando, right? Because it's like we're not sitting there crunching Magic tape every night. Like, we're not we're not watching every Magic game. We're watching every single like like I, only, I don't think only Bobo. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think Prez is out there like oh let me let me crunch uh, Cole Anthony all of his FGAs from this year. Like I got to see all of his attempts. Like no, like we're not doing that. But with guys on our team. You can palpably see, especially with young players, when they make a leap, and that leap isn't season to season always. We saw with quickly last year, right? Significant leap that happened in the last 25, 30 games of the season, right? We saw it like, and I think we're seeing that with RJ now offensively, but because his game is not sexy at all, you know, he there is no flash to it. He's not pulling up, crossing up, and taking a bunch of jumpers. There's not launching a bunch of off-the-dribble threes. Hell, he fucking has the most annoying random slumps from three, right? Like, but, want to know what he's getting better at? This guy's getting to the line, like, one, here's here's the thing that people just not, they will refuse to accept. If everybody in the NBA knows that you want to get to your left hand and that you want to get to the rim and they still can't stop you from doing it, guess what? That is a talent. That is a dominant talent. That's a dominant characteristic of a player. That doesn't mean RJ is going to become a superstar, but it does mean he has something that even though everybody knows exactly what he wants to do, they can't really stop it. They can put a rim protector there, and that'll throw him off because he'll try to do stupid shit on like Robert the Robert Williams of the world. But guess what? Not every team has a Robert Williams. And so like, I watch him, and I'm like, okay, he's getting better at a lot of things. But those games against a team like Boston or against a team like Milwaukee, right, that has the type of rim protection where they can just sit in and really make it hard for him and anybody at the rim, those are the games that sink his efficiency. And and more importantly, I think those are the games that people watch and are like, oh, my God, stagnant RJ, hasn't improved, same player he always was. And then on top of that, the fair point is he hasn't improved as a passer yet. Like quality, and the most frustrating thing about this, and I, you can speak to this on the B ball index. I'm pretty sure qualitatively, he's graded out as like a a high end. Like when he does pass, the shots he creates for others are top end shots. Like yeah, he's been more three shots than him. Like, like yeah. he's he. We know he's ha- he he can pass. He just is like no, I want to shoot. <laughs> right. And I and I think I think with him, some of it. I and I'm, I I don't know. This is like a theory of mine. Is I wonder if some of it is just like. Because his handle sucks, like because you're when you're passing off the dribble, right? Sometimes you're passing with that, like off the dribble, literally. And, yeah, you have to you have to be able to dribble better to pass right. when you're in the paint and all that shit. Yeah, so like I I feel like some of that shit is because his handle isn't that good. Again, I'm not making an excuse, but like and and also some of it is immaturity, right? Because and we see this, we see this all the time. We watch these games. There will be like stretches of games where it's just Brunson shot, Randall shot, Brunson shot, Randall shot, Brunson shot, Brunson shot, Randall shot, Randall shot, Randall shot, and like nobody else touches the ball, right? So, and he has this worse than anybody, where it's like, yeah, if, in those stretches, if he gets the ball, there's like no doubt, like no, I'm <laughs> he, getting a fucking he, shot. He had, he had one of those today. He had yeah, one of those today. Where he just barreled, yeah, he barreled into the. Well, paint he was and... also pissed at Randall because like Randall was trying to post up. Yeah, he's like, get the fuck out of here, dude. It it was so funny. Like, I I don't think it's an accident that he plays well against the Heat because I think the Heat play into 
some of his best tendencies, some of the best situate they put him in situations to help mitigate what you just described. So like by going zone and by going, so by going zone then, and having other people break the zone and RJ becomes play finisher or floater shooter in the middle of the zone. Like he can do that. You want him to just like crush it from the baseline against a bent, bent defense. Tremendous at that little tiny short altitude floater, 10 feet, eight feet. Great at that. And what's, what's the other thing that he do? They switch a lot. Yeah. Who the fuck, oh aside from Jimmy Dude, Butler, can, who can the we, fuck? Can we just talk about, like, <laughs> yo, Tyler Hero on this man is act, it's actually hilarious. To watch. You know he takes that shit wild personal. <laughs> but he also is just like, like, he sees Hero and he's like, like this dude is so bird-chested, man. He's got no fucking upper body strength. He's got no lower body strength. And, like, bless, bless all the Heat fans that are like, his defense has improved. It's like, all right, man, it's improved. That shit still sucks out, like, hot ass. The thing about the Heat, and, you know, this is why they're, like, in the same boat with us as opposed to, like, back in the top of the conference like they used to be is, you know, they got a lot of talented guys, but RJ's posting up all these motherfuckers, except for Bam and Jimmy, pretty much. So, like, and, and like, his handle's still very shaky, but he's good enough at that driving by force now that it pretty much I mean, doesn't one thing matter. What did today? What's, like, one thing, right? Like, this is a thing that people will be like, oh, your your standard is so low. But, like, this is the part. It's like people are holding him to this, like, why isn't he an all star yet standard? He didn't get paid like an all star. Yeah. Like, he got paid $107 million. That's nothing. That's, he got paid. He's, paying, he's getting paid less than Tyler Hero. He's getting paid less than Jordan Poole. He's getting paid, like, he's getting paid less than those guys. He's not getting paid all star money. So, that's why are I, you holding, yeah, all, that's, holding him to, and I, I saw, look, he's a bust. How is he a bust? Yeah, How that's is he crazy. A bust? Like, that's crazy. And, and then, like, the last thing I got to say is because the def- the defense thing drives me nuts. And this is where I was wanting to go. Well, look at Hero Wool, who are his contemporaries, yeah. exactly, in terms right. of, like, right. yes, are, are they better at offense? Yeah, you could argue that, sure. They're definitely more efficient and they're better shooters, but they're also worse defenders. By... Yeah, and, and that's even with and... RJ having as bad a defensive year as Yeah, like, RJ's <laughs> exactly. Like, we're not trying to say RJ's some, like, yeah. step defender right yeah, now. And, and I don't care. You can throw all these fucking nerd stats at me. Oh, he's 420th out of... I don't care, dude. You, I, like, you're, if you want to fucking argue with me that Tyler Hero is a better defender than him, you can go go touch grass, please. Like, go get a hobby or something. Because that's fucking bananas. Uh, all I want to, but the, this is the last thing I wanted to say, and this is where the Brunson. I wanted to talk about this with Brunson, and this is I want to be very clear. This real quick, not, real quick, one more, yeah. one more RJ thing, real quick. Um, just looking uh, uh, month by month this year, like you, you talked about in season changes and adjustments and leaps and stuff like that. Um, October obviously short month, only six games. E field goal percent, E field goal percentage, forty three and a half. I am using e field goal percentage because it's the real Hooper stat, which is purely about shot making and not yeah, about like yeah. There's no foul drawing involved. Yeah, exactly, and no like bonus for for the threes and and everything like that. So uh, forty three and a half. Um, November sixteen games, forty six point one. December fifty two point nine. January nine games in. Uh, we're at fifty one point three. Presumably that's going to go up a tick after today as well. So like. Low fifties is pretty solid bucket getting ability right there. It's it's also like people want him. Okay, we knew where he was last year, or his first three years really, where he's a subpar efficiency guy. That's obviously been the biggest knock on him is 
even when he had that crazy 40 point, uh, 40% three point shooting year, he was a sub 54 true shooting guy because the two point stuff was just poor. Like it was bad decision making, bad touch, whatever. Um, I actually think his touch has improved this year. Uh, not it has those, those short range floaters. He's still kind of adventurous on layups. So I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's Any, still, anytime like, he has to put the ball higher that's than, the the, than the square, that's when you're like, oh. it's because he only, he, he only goes underhand. Mm. He doesn't shoot over like, cause on the high ones, I think you have to go over. Like you have to push it instead of like, out it takes more touch. Yeah, it takes yeah. more touch. It takes more touch. It, Anytime- like the, the only guys that can go out with their palm on like high, you know, glass shots and shit like that are like Steph Curry, Brunson. It's the touch gods. Yeah, it's like the elite, <laughs> insane guy. Kyrie, yeah, yeah, all those dudes. Yeah, quickly on his good days, like when he's like really on one or some shit. Like, mm-hmm. like Maxi, if he's on a, a floater heater, which he's not been this year, he's been terrible with this floater this year. Um, it's so weird. He's had like yeah. one of the worst in the NBA. Yeah. But, like, all I was, was going to say is, okay, so we know he's this sub-efficiency guy. And so when he takes this leap and he's still – but and it, it is, it's a substantial leap. Like, the leap he's made is an efficiency score. The only reason it is it hasn't popped yet is because the three ball has been so – like, it's like if he got the three ball up to 36%, I promise you the way we are talking about him changes even with as bad as his defense is, even with – how annoying his lack of playmaking can be at times. I think how we would talk about him would be so different. And that bothers me so much. And the last, and this this ties into Brunson, and I want to flow into Brunson, but before we talk about this, let's make an announcement that NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Um, okay, where I was going with this with RJ is like, do I think his defense has suffered and been bad this year? I absolutely do. There's no question about it. I think one of the reasons it gets noticed even more is because he's playing with Brunson. And... This is not. This is not to say Brunson. Trust me. I want to be very, very clear about this. I am not one of these people that's going to say we shouldn't assign Brunson. Signing Brunson was a mistake. Bad. Having him in quickly is bad. You know, having two guys that can handle the ball is bad. A thing that a team that was devoid of anybody that can handle the ball for about thirty years apparently uh, thinks is a viable argument. No, like I, I have. This is not at all a knock on Brunson. But the reality of the situation is this: Brunson is a bad defender. And he's not just a bad defender. He's a defender you have to hide. That you actively have to hide. You have to put him on the worst player on the other team. So what that does is, it means that RJ never has an easy night. Never has a night. Is it easier now that Grimes is playing with him? Absolutely. 100%. Grimes takes the tougher matchup. There's no question about it. But RJ is not, he's not getting a free picnic. 
know what I mean? Okay. Oh, Grimes defended Jason Tatum. Great. All I have to do is defend Jalen Brown. You know what I mean? Like this, this is not like he's getting a free ride every night here. He has to compete defensively. So the fact that his defense has slipped, I think because he's trying he, and he is doing more offensively and he is trying obviously to showcase his improvements offensively. I do think his focus on defense has slipped. Absolutely. And I think his focus on rebounding has slipped too. I, and and where I was going, with this is like I just think that when you when you have Brunson there, okay, and you take Mitch out, it doesn't just like yes, it exposes RJ because we're so focused on RJ, and because we had this expectation after what we saw two years ago that RJ was wow, he is a solid defender. In fact, maybe he'd be a really good defender. Like this is great. And now when you see that slippage from that level, it hits home harder. Whereas we never had the expectation that Brunson was a good defender. Never. Right? Like, we were like, like the fact he takes charges, I'm like, I'm thrilled. I'm happy. Like, thank God. We at least, we finally got a guy that takes charges on this team. That's fucking great. But his defense sucks. Like, and, and it's not just like he's small. It's also sometimes it's like he's just hanging out in the paint. Yeah. He's- what, what, what has frustrated me the most with Brunson's defense, like, I, I, like, like, you know, like we've talked about, like, he's going to get hit in, sure. What I don't, what I can't deal with is, like, the off-ball stuff, the, the oh, off-ball, yeah. the off-ball lapses. And it, it's been, he's had more of them lately. Um, he had a couple of glaring ones versus the Lakers. And uh, it, it's because he's so small, his, like, he can't recover on off-ball lapses. Like, once that's it, once and, you make an off-ball lapse at his size, that's it. Like, somebody's getting a layup or a and, dunk or something like that. And it's also, like, like... I know, like, him and Quickly could make the same rotation. They could be in the same place. And I know with Quickly, he's in that place because he's trying to be there. And he already knows where he has to go after that to make, like, the next rotation or whatever. Brunson is just there because, like, he, like, wandered into Brunson the reads one. <laughs> Brunson reads one pass ahead, can read one pass ahead when he's locked in. Quickly is, like, I mean, that we are... We I hope if you haven't read the Fred Katz uh, interview article thing about quickly in defense, it's really cool and it's really funny. And he's definitely one of those like, like defensive uh, I like thought scenario those, planner dudes. The, the anecdote in that game where he was like, you know, the play I made. What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, bro. <laughs> Normal people's brain don't work like that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, not like with, Br- with Brunson. Like those are the ones that kill me because I actually do like. Um, like when he puts his mind to it, he can be annoying for a shitty defender. That's the best he's way I can as put fuck. it. Right? Like if if he's it's chasing like around, his... Kyrie's a bad defender. But when Kyrie like gives a fuck, he's, he's still really large. annoying. Yeah, and like well, Kyrie is exactly. You, he's stronger than he looks, and he's like a legit six four, right? So like he can, if he's just putting his hand up and like being strong, like that, that'll go for your bar. With yeah. Brunson, the the off ball stuff, though, like it. it being strong is not going to help you. Like they already got the ball, like a foot from the rim. Yeah. The and, and, with, I, I, the last thing I want to say yeah, though, sorry. real quick. Yep. Um, like I do agree that definitely uh, that shit makes life harder for everybody. But like a lot of RJ's issues on defense to me are like the equivalent of somebody who doesn't improve at free throw shooting after four years, who's not a center, like. There's very teachable, expectable things like, like he like nine out of his ten closeouts suck. That doesn't have to do with 
with fatigue, that just means you've you're you just you're not good at this, nor have you worked on it. That's what that means. Well, see, this is this is where I'm at with that because we've seen him be good at that for a season, for one like, season. Yeah, and so to me, to me, I. I I mean, and back, I, and in we're, that season, we're, we're at the we're at the Patreon portion of the pod where everybody listening to this probably agrees anyway. Um, but like, even in, even in that good season though, like I remember being on the pods with you, and like we didn't like you were like he might be have like all defense potential, and I was like he's mistakes. a and I was like he's a solid defender, but like he's not like that. Because and the thing is like he didn't make mistakes, but he didn't have he still even back then like he was in the right place at the right time. That was the phrase I constantly used, but it wasn't like with ideal technique or ideal speed or explosiveness, which is why I was never like so quite so- as high. And you see that shit now, like the league is getting more skilled. Like Kyle Kuzma can cross you up. So like, first of all, you, you're too short to contest Kyle Kuzma. And that's one thing. Like I can't blame RJ for being shorter than Kyle Kuzma, but I can I blame. I don't get why we didn't put Grimes on him. That was so weird. I mean, that's I'm, we're big Coos fans here in the press household in DC. But like, uh, my point is like, all right, some guys are too tall for you. Some guys are too fast for you. Somebody like Coos, who nobody's gonna confuse with hot sauce, has handle that's too saucy for you. So who are you good at defending? Like, who, you Tyler Hero? Is that it? As long as Tyler Hero doesn't move off screens, like, what archetype of player is RJ Barrett good at defending? That's the thing, like. You can't be – you can suffer because of other weak links 100%. And that most often shows up, like, you know, late in games and in games where RJ has to take more of a load on offense and shit like that. But, like, there, there's just too many holes right now for me to really be a little lenient because he's playing with Brunson. I'm like, you could have gotten better at closeouts. You could have not been wait, wait, manhandled so wait, I, by I other think, wings. No, no, no. This is, this is, this is, this was my point, though. He did all that shit today. He had some bad closeouts. He got caught on screen. The Heat are the perfect team for RJ to play. Don't get it twisted. Like, there's nobody on this team who's a threat to RJ Barrett except for chasing guys around screens. And the only one you have to really worry about are Struess and Hero. There's no wings who are big enough to attack him, nor are there guards that are faster than him. Which is, like, going back to what I said earlier about, like, this is the Heat are a great matchup for him. Offensively, they're also a great matchup for him defensively. Right, and but my point is like I don't think it's just that. I also think Quickly's a flat out better defender than Brunson. Oh so yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, so now you've taken out your your worst defender. I, I'm not. He's, he's the, the worst, worst defender, defender in the starting lineup. Yeah, yeah easily, he's the worst easily. defender. You take out your worst defender. You probably you put in your to me your best perimeter defender at least in terms of team <clears throat> executing team scheme, and like. It makes a difference, like how, and and not just for not and not just for RJ. Oh, it's a trickle down, yeah. Randall's bullshit. You don't notice that as much. Sims is bullshit. You don't notice it as much, unless like unless these guys are directly involved in the action, you don't notice that as much when you have quickly and you have Grimes as a starting lineup. So my point isn't like, oh, RJ is being exposed by Brunson. That's probably the wrong. If I phrase like that, that's the wrong way to phrase it. But more like. The bullshit that he does is acceptable when he plays with Mitch very much, right? Mitch covers up for many sins. Brunson's, RJ's, Randall's, he covers up for many sins. But without Mitch, 
All of those guys are exposed now. But the only guy I hear people, oh my god, right, RJ's defense. RJ, uh, give me a fucking break, man. Brunson's doing nothing out here. He's doing nothing. He's not guarding anybody. He's not even getting a fucking rebound for me. That's yeah, to me, to me, it's correct to have different standards because RJ has more defensive responsibility. And it's like even when Brunson is is playing no, well on even when Brunson not, is playing well on point. defense. My point, isn't, my point isn't that you have different standards. My point is it's like it's all RJ. Oh, the defense sucks. RJ, RJ's taking a bad big step back. RJ, and like you look, look at just the games that Mitch has missed. Just look at the game. Oh, look at you can look back at the minutes this season. But if you just look thing, at the, this is this the, is how the, it the is. Though stretch, I'm not I'm not gonna fault I'm not gonna fault fans if they think that like I am gonna fault them. What the no, no, fuck no, no, hold do you mean? I'm not gonna let fault, me, I'm gonna let, fault me, let me finish. Let me finish. I, I'm not gonna fault fans if if th- they get mad. And I'm not saying it's correct. It, it's it's justified because it's often not, and it's not just about defense. When somebody who has a particular responsibility on the team has a really does a really bad job of that responsibility, even if I know long term it's not going to hold up. Like for example, when Quentin Grimes or IQ has a shooting slump that's like a week, you know me. I get I'm like fucking make open shots to be a professional. Like that's frustrating to me because I'm like that is you have a higher expectation of making open shots than, say, open threes than Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. So I'm going to call out, like, I wish you would make these shots more publicly, even though I know, like, it's shooting. The shit is probably going to even out. And with defense, it's similar. Like, I do think Jalen Brunson definitely gets a pass, not only because he scores a lot, because he's so cool when he scores, and there's such difficult passes. Yeah, but I think, and all that. I think it's a pass on a lot of things. I think it's a pass on that. I think it gets a pass on the fact that he doesn't fucking move the ball. Like this guy brings the ball up, he, and like, is some of that on Tibbs? Obviously, yes, because you can see Tibbs. I think a lot of it is on Tibbs because if you look at his like passing numbers, like it, it's less about him not moving the ball and more about when he doesn't move the ball. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.